This is the Daily Perspective Podcast for Friday, the 12th day of March, 2021. Hi there, Mark Congleton here with you. You sometimes humble host for this daily dose of observation, insight, and a bit of absurdity. And face it, kids, it's all absurd today, especially after last night's half-hour lie fest by fraudulent President Joseph Robinette Biden. Yeah, I'm going to get kicked off of Facebook for that. It's a it's a uh, Friday. It's a beautiful day. Well, it's kind of an overcast day in the neighborhood. A busy day for yours truly. I'll be out running around uh, doing things uh, a chunk of the day. And uh, I won't bore you with all the details. Maybe a story will come out of it. I can tell Monday. We'll see. Okay? Okay. Um... I, I, what is on my mind right now is what we watched last night. If you watched the uh, the presidential address last night, he the the Democrats, the leftists, decided that they would use yesterday the anniversary of uh, the declaration of the pandemic, an emotional issue, a frightening issue. They would use that day, that anniversary for President Joe Biden to make his first long-form speech to America, during which he stumbled. He he had trouble keeping up with the, hel- the teleprompter. He probably called it the heliprompter from time to time. And he basically opened with a bald-faced lie. Actually, several. And we'll get into that as we move forward in today's podcast. First, thanks a lot for being there. I appreciate you being part of this uh, this little family of podcast listeners every day. I'm glad you're there. If you're on Facebook Live, welcome aboard. Thanks for being there. Um, no, it's not a video podcast. It's an audio podcast because I'm an old radio guy. And uh, so what you're going to see on the screen is what you're looking at right now. Uh, maybe a few other things will get thrown in during the course of the podcast. <laughs> that remains to be seen. But thank you wherever or whenever you may be listening. And I say that because you can time shift with the podcast. You can listen to today's tomorrow. You can go back and listen to previous ones. They're all there. Just go to dailyperspectivepodcast.com. The link to everything should be right there on the front page for you. The last few for certain are right there. You can play them right from the front page. And uh, the over at anchor.fm, that's where the podcasts are hosted you can find all of them. Well, all of I think they keep 25 of them. So that's, <laughs> you can go back about 25 episodes and um, you can listen on further back if you, sh- if you choose to. The, um, the video podcast on Facebook, eh, I kind of flip-flop between Facebook and YouTube. Neither place is giving me great results and I, that's fine. I don't care about that. What I care about is just coming into the studio as often as I can, I say it's a daily dose of observation, insight, and absurdity, but some days, some days I can't. It just, scheduling goes wacko, and it's not possible. So, uh, it's as daily as I can make it. <laughs> and uh, I do appreciate you being there for each and every one of those. I really do. On the on the, the table today to talk about, uh, wow, uh, I don't know if I'll get to it. But uh, Circleback Saki got put into a corner the other day, and 
They tried to pin her down on whether oil and gas workers are going to be making as much if they take the green jobs that everybody says are going to be available. Another lie, by the way, by this administration. The green jobs aren't there. And the green jobs that aren't there don't pay nearly as much as jobs in the oil and gas business. Not nearly as much. So that's just all part of the Biden mistake. The butchering of our economy for the sake of doing, quote, the right thing, end quote, for America, which he succeeded in doing with the bill that was passed yesterday. And we'll get into that a little bit further on today. But let's see, what else is there? Um, I'm I'm hoping I can get these 10 crazy examples of unrelated waste and partisan kickbacks that are in this new COVID bill, because they call it a COVID bill, but it's a payback bill. It's a kickback bill. It's only 9% of it has anything to do with COVID itself. 9% of a $1.9 trillion bill they demanded be passed when they still had over a trillion dollars sitting on the table they hadn't spent from the last time they got money. And um, can the states prevent the federal corrupt federal government from creating anarchy with integration? immigration. We'll look into that possibly. I hope we can. Um, Texas is doing what they can to combat drug and people smuggling at the border. And Joe Biden, Joe Biden addressed the nation last night. And that's where we're going to start. Coming from theblaze.com, President Joe Biden announced a series of plans for the continued fight against COVID-19 during his first primetime speech to the nation. Last night, he said there was, is a good chance Americans will be able to gather in small groups by the 4th of July. As part of his agenda, Biden's directing every state to make coronavirus vaccines available to all adults by May 1st. Now, let me, let me stop there and remind you that the Trump administration set into motion a plan. They had Operation Warp Speed. They developed, they got the, uh, the vaccine developed, not just one. But now there are three, because as that ball started rolling, others got on board. They started cooperating, working towards a common goal. And last night, Joe Biden took credit for all of it. He said that nothing, absolutely nothing had been done in the first months. Nothing. A bald-faced lie from a man who has, for 50 years, lied Every time he has opened his mouth in front of a camera or a crowd, a bald-faced lie to the United States of America about a pandemic, a pandemic I believe to be a fraud. No, COVID is real. I'm not denying the fact that COVID is real, but I think the numbers he quoted, you see, he also opened with that 527 something million people. He had to the, the exact number. I carry this with me every day on the backside of my schedule. Here it is. I carry this number every day. I know exactly how many people. Of course he does. He's keeping track of that number in order to get the facts straight when he lies. Because lies can be factual. You weave enough, food, enough facts into a lie, it becomes believable. Yes, 527 million people have died. 27 million people of them on Joe Biden's watch. But the big question is, and where I see fraud, is in that number itself. Because we have reports, even though they're being quashed by the leftist press press and 
and social media is doing everything it can to keep them from being published widely. There are reports in state after state after state from medical people saying they're being told to write things up as COVID-19, which were not COVID-19. Automobile accidents, motorcycle accidents, drownings, death from falls, all manner of fatalities. They're being told they have to write it up as COVID-19. Report after report after report. So I have to call that into question. I have to doubt it. I have to. But Joe Biden lied. Bald-faced lied. It was horrible. It was, it was intellectually insulting. And this is who the leftists have put in, in charge of the United States of America. But please understand that that doddering old man who was on TV last night is not who's running the show. No, he's just doing what he's being told to do. And he is acting like a president. He said he is directing all states, tribes, and territories to make all adults eligible to be vaccinated no later than May 1st. And his administration is launching a new website that will assist citizens in making appointments for getting the shots. Well, hopefully that website will operate with better efficiency and performance than the Obamacare website, which had serious problems. They spent billions of dollars on it, and it didn't work. He said the U.S. is expecting delivery of enough doses for those 255 million adults by the end of that month, but the process of actually administering those doses will take time. He said, he said this, a July 4th with your loved ones is the goal. Adding that every American's assistance is needed in continuing to wear masks, socially distancing, and listening <laughs> to Dr. Anthony Fauci. I, I, let, let him say it for you. And finally, fifth, and maybe most importantly, I promise I will do everything in my power. I will not relent until we beat this virus. But I need you, the American people. I need you. Hold on a second. I have to stop the tape. He leans forward, puts his elbows on the lectern, gestures with both of his hands. And lowers his voice. But I need you. I need you. He's overacting. He's overdramatizing. For the benefit of the weak-minded who believe every word he says. I need every American to do their part. And that's not hyperbole. I need you. I need you to get vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity. And to help your family, your friends, your neighbors get vaccinated as well. Because here's the point. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout or a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. And across America, millions of people said, Oh, we're doing that anyway. We don't need your permission to live life. 
We're doing that. We've been doing that. We've had our Thanksgiving get-togethers. We've had our Christmas get-togethers. We've had our family gatherings, and we've gathered with our friends. We've had our our get-togethers around the, the barbecue grill. Our lives pretty much have been back to normal again. You don't want anyone to know that, and the news media doesn't want to report that most people are sick of all of this stuff and they're tired of masks. But then for people to understand that and to see the truth would undermine everything you're trying to do, wouldn't it, Creepy Joe? That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to... That is, unless uh, you're Black Lives Matter or you're Antifa, then you can gather in large groups and destroy things. Together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special. What would be truly special if it if is that this Independence Day, enough people rose up and said, we've had enough of you and your administration. We'd like Where to have our independence. We not only mark our independence as a nation, but we begin to mark our independence from this virus. Most of us already have, sir. Most of us already have. That message was reiterated, reiterated by White House Chief of Staff Ron Klein, who told CNN, quote, this is a whole of country effort. The president's deploying our entire government to do its part. The American people are going to have to do their part, too. You know, we've been doing our part for a year. We've been doing our part. And we have learned some important things as a result of doing our part. One of those things is that if we're responsible, intelligent adults, and not being emotional and scared to death, that we can live normal lives. I point to South Dakota. I point to Florida, Mississippi, Texas. They're all getting back to normal. South Dakota has always been that way. They were just honest. Hey, be sensible. We're not locking anything down. And as a result, they've been pretty doggone good. But they don't want you to know that. In fact, your liberal friends point to Florida and say it's a disaster. (laughs) And nothing could be further from the truth. But you and I know better, don't we? It's the Daily Perspective Podcast. It's Friday. It's the 12th day of March. It's the year 2021. Where's my jetpack? Where's my rocket car? Why don't we have transporters yet? I really wanted to have a summer place on the moon by now. I must say I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> oh man, it is a uh, it is a Friday edition of the podcast. I'm glad you're along for the ride. I'm glad you're here, and I hope you're having a good sense of humor about life in general. But I I, I have to be honest. I 
even though I have a sense of humor about things, I just I just have my limits, and I think everybody does. And when we are subjected to something ah, like we were last night, where right out of the out of the gu- right out of the gate, the, the Joe Biden starts speaking, and the first thing I start doing is talking back to the TV. <laughs> It's not a good night. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I was just, I was just, and the thing is that I'm immersed in this kind of junk all the time. So I read this stuff. I see what's going on. I, I'm not surprised when he lies. I'm not because he's been lying for his entire political career. He has lied to people about his education. He's lied to people about his, uh, uh, his athletic abilities. He's, uh, his, his fitness. He's lied to people about his intelligence. He's lied to people about his political career, he has lied, 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 and then lied some more. And it comes to him so naturally that it doesn't even phase him. He's just going to lie. It's just second nature to him. And so I'm not surprised by it, but still it irritates me when he comes out of the gate and, and assigns blame for something to someone who actually was ahead of everyone else in holding his hand up and saying, hey, we got a problem here. And when President Trump did that, they all looked at him and said, oh, he's an idiot. Don't listen to that guy. He's lying to you. They said, hey, come on, get out in the streets with us and have fun. There's no reason to be afraid of anything. There's no reason to wear masks. There's no reason to, 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 to lock down travel from these countries. He's just being xenophobic. And what he was doing was protecting you and me. But they said he was crazy. And now they're all taking credit for success that he laid the groundwork for. It's just, it's just astounding. And now, there's one more bit of audio I want to drop in here because it it is it is the crack in the door, or, or it is a it's a clue about the future under these people. And I want you to listen, listen closely. It's not long, fifteen seconds, fifteen and a half seconds. But listen to what Joe Biden said last night. In the coming weeks. We will issue further guidance on what you can and cannot do once fully vaccinated to lessen the confusion, to keep people safe and encourage more people to get vaccinated. Now, let's go back through that again, and I'm going to stop it at a certain point. So let's uh, let me see here. I'm going to I'm going to click that and allow pausing. Here we go. In the coming weeks, we will issue further guidance on what you can and cannot do once fully vaccinated. So they're going to tell you what you can and you cannot do once you have been fully vaccinated, you are fully protected from COVID-19, and you will not infect other people. Now you remember, remember, we were all promised by the government that once a vaccine, normality would resume when we have a vaccine. You remember how many times have we been told this? That we will not be back to normal until there's a vaccine. The vaccine is the holy grail we've been after all of this time. And now we have a vaccine. No, we have two. No, we have three vaccines. We have vaccines. People are being vaccinated. But still, they're going to tell you what you can do and you can 
not do. He says guidelines. But keep in mind, if you're thinking, oh, it's just guidelines, really? It's just guidelines? Tell that to Karen at the supermarket when she screams at you for your mask slipping below your nose. It's just a guideline. Tell that to Karen at the coffee shop when she refuses to serve you because you didn't stand six feet behind the person in front of you. Tell that to anyone who disagrees with you about anything if they're a leftist. Because they don't think, they just blindly follow. And the guidelines, as far as they're concerned, are engraved in granite. Oh, that's the, that's the guidelines from the CDC. We're going to follow those. Really? Even if multiples, many, many, many doctors, medical professions have shaken their heads and gone, wow, this is nuts. These people are wrong. You don't have to do this. All you have to do is this, this, and this. You're going to follow the guidelines of the people who condemned hydroxychloroquine when hydroxychloroquine combined with zinc and other things were proven to relieve the symptoms, and to speed recovery early on. You're going to listen to those people and their guidelines? Of course not. And he goes on to say, To lessen the confusion, to keep people safe, and encourage more people to get vaccinated. In other words, okay, let's go back from the top and just play it from the beginning. In the coming weeks, we will issue further guidance Mm on what you can and cannot do once fully vaccinated. Permission. To lessen the confusion, to keep people safe, Mm -hmm. and encourage more people to get vaccinated. Oh, to encourage more people to get vaccinated. Encourage. The word encourage to someone in federal government means require. They will eventually require you to be vaccinated. In order, in, in order to live a normal life again. And mark my words, and I'm not the only person saying this, once they have crossed that goal line, they will move the goalposts back even further. You see, they keep moving the goalposts because they know that fear is a great motivator for the easily manipulated. Fear convinces people to give them more authority in order to rescue them from whatever they're afraid of. And so, they're going to move the goalposts yet again after that point. They will... In the coming weeks... Hang on. They will... We will issue further guidance... Here we go. ...on what you can and cannot do once fully vaccinated. They're going to give you guidance which is going to be guidelines coming from the CDC for, other, for life after vaccination. You're going to be surprised what you can't do. To lessen the confusion. To, to lessen the confusion. The confusion is people telling the truth about what's going on. The confusion is those, dis, those who, people who are disagreeing, who are dissenting. The people I've mentioned, medical professionals who say, oh, this is crap. This is not right. This is not what's going on. You, sh- you don't have to do all these things. There are some who are saying wearing masks actually could be bad for you. But government likes a one-size-fits-all solution. And their Band-Aids are never the right size for anyone. 
but they insist that everyone needs to comply. To keep people safe? To keep people safe. Oh, well, that's the fear factor again. Unless you follow the guidelines and you obey Big Brother, you will not be safe. Fear, once again. And finally... And encourage more people to get vaccinated. Because without the vaccination, you will not be able to get on an airplane, a train, you will not be able to take a cruise, you will not be able to cross certain state lines. You will be checked. There will be checkpoints. They will use this as a way to control people moving from place to place if they can at all get away with it. Now, the states have great authority. The Tenth Amendment guarantees certain things to states. They can stand against this tyranny. And my hope is that they will. I hope they will. States' rights are what's up next. After the break, as the Daily Perspective podcast continues... Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Daily Perspective Podcast. Ah, jangly guitars. <laughs> and that reminds me, a long time ago, I don't remember how long ago, there was an, an album by a guy named Randy Stonehill. You may know him. The name of it was Here Come the Big Guitars. Or was that one of the tracks? Anyway, it was a title associated with an album. Here come the big guitars. <laughs> and they named it that because his daughter, his little girl, she's a little girl at the time, his daughter was in the studio. And when the guitars came in, oh, here come the big guitars. <laughs> Oh, man, it is a Friday edition of the podcast, and I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a little happy about that because the weekend is here. That means that uh, um, that uh, tonight I get to take my sweetie out. We go. Uh, <laughs> it's not like we're going for a blue ribbon meal here. We're just going to go split a platter of fajitas. We may spend 20 bucks on supper tonight. <laughs> you know, it's a big night for us, though. Woo-hoo! And um, and then tomorrow morning, uh, breakfast with my buddy Mike, and we do some thrift store scavenging. You never know what we're going to find. You just never know. And then um, tomorrow, also uh, getting a not-so-new lawnmower. That's going to be <laughs> domestic bliss. That's just, This is my life, you know? Like, hey, what's, your, what's the high spot? Uh, I got great new internet and a lawnmower this week. Woo! But, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the old... Uh, the old uh, Cub Cadet is just finally to the point now where it's throwing belts, and and every time I put one on, it runs for a little while and it throws a belt again. And I and to get to the drive belt, you have to take the mower apart, and it's not a major thing. It's not like it's not like rebuilding an engine, but it's still you have to drop the mower deck, you have to tip the uh, the mower over, you have to get up under it, you have to pull a big plate off the bottom of it, you have to put the the thing back on. Yeah, and and it, it's possible that one of the pulleys is bent, and I'd have to replace that. And I, I've just got to the point where, you know, there's that line, you you it, you it cross you cross that line, and it's this is not fun anymore. 
and and it's this is too much work. So I, I I'm going to trade that one off, uh, and uh, I've got another one coming. I've got a, a secondhand John Deere coming, and I'm looking forward to that because I had a second. I borrowed a secondhand John Deere back the last time. When I had the motor on this thing rebuilt, you see, I've had the motor rebuilt uh, on, the, on this lawnmower too. I, this re, this I don't think there's a part of this lawnmower that hasn't been touched, taken off, and put back on again, a, a tweaked, a remodeled, remolded, redone something. And so it, it, I'm just done. So I said, okay. He he texted me the other day and he said, uh, hey, I got a. I know you you're getting tired of that mower. I got a, a couple of. Uh, I got a customer that's got a couple of mowers. He's getting rid of. I said, fine, I'll take one. So that's tomorrow as well. And uh, who knows what else? I'm just looking forward to a good weekend. Today, lunch with mom. Uh, now and then, she and I go out and grab lunch, and I take her to get groceries and, and such. And we spend some time together, and we laugh about life and uh, and remember some good things together. And that's always good. So that's happening today. So the weekend is here, and I'm happy about it. I'm just... I'm glad about it. Now, some things I'm not happy about, and you already know, I've been I've been ranting about things, and and um, I, I, to be honest with you, I just uh, there's some things with, that happen with the government. There are things that happen with government officials, and I know what they're doing, and I know what they're trying to do. And frankly, I, all I can say is, ain't nobody got time for that. I, and it's a weekend, and I ain't got time for that. That's just all there is to it. That's just all there is to it. Dang it, Bobby. Dang it, Bobby. That's just all there is to it. I just don't have time. It's the weekend. Yep, that's how I feel about it. The Tenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution says this. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. It appears Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the state legislature are about to explore where federal immigration law ends and Texas's ability to preserve the rule of law in general begins. Due to the utter fecklessness, yes, the Biden administration has no feck. The utter fecklessness of the Biden administration's immigration policy, policies, which set a new record for illegal minors crossing the border, Abbott has launched Operation Lone Star. Oh, you just have to love that name. In an effort to combat drug smuggling and human trafficking in his state. In conjunction with that effort, Texas State Representative Brian Slayton, he's a Republican from Canton, has introduced a bill proposing that Texas itself should complete border wall construction initiated by the Trump administration. Can I just say, bravo, that is a little slice of awesome. Thank you. Do that. Take over. Get it done as a state. Of course, they will fight as hard as they can. The post, by the way, coming to us from this, uh, the, this story coming from PatriotPost.us. How chaotic has the Biden administration's response to the border crisis been? On March 1st, 12 days ago, a clueless DHS secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, tore into the previous administration's immigration policies while insisting there was no border crisis. Eight days later, Mayorkas was asking for DHS volunteers to deal with the overwhelming numbers of migrants seeking access to this country along the southwest border. 
He added, quote, President Biden and I are committed to ensuring our nation has a safe, orderly and humane immigration system while continuing to balance all of the other DHS missions. That is quite simply a lie. The Biden administration is not only releasing COVID-positive illegals from detention centers, but allowing them to disperse themselves throughout the nation. And this particular manifestation of gross irresponsibility isn't about to stop anytime soon. In the last two weeks, the number of children detained in Border Patrol facilities has tripled. And more than 100,000 migrants have stormed the border over the past four weeks, ending March uh, March 3rd. That's a five-year high. Texas is fighting back. Operation Lone Star will integrate the Texas Department of Public Safety with the Texas National Guard. Air, ground, marine, and tactical border security units will be deployed to high-threat areas in an effort to prevent Mexican cartels and other smugglers from moving drugs and people into the state. Governor Abbott said in a statement last Saturday, quote, The crisis at our southern border continues to escalate because of Biden administration policies that refuse to secure the border and invite illegal immigration. Texas supports legal immigration, but will not be an an accomplice to the open border policies that cause, rather than prevent, a humanitarian crisis in our state and endanger the lives of Texans. We will surge the resources and law enforcement personnel needed to confront this crisis. End quote. And if Slayton gets his way, a completed wall will also be part of the, the equation. He said in a press statement, it's time for Texas to stand up and finish the work that President Trump started. Let's finish building the border wall now. Texas contractors will be given preference and those who wish to participate will be required to participate in the E-Verify program that ensures workers are authorized to work in the United States of America. The bill also calls for a border security enhancement fund that instructs the governor to ask the federal government to reimburse the state for the costs associated with finishing the border wall. And there you have the weak link in the chain. The federal government will stand firmly against this. The federal government is not going to reimburse the state for anything that has anything to do with Trump's border wall. They won't. We'll have to see what happens. Slayton wants it to be called the Trump border wall. The same day Slayton unveiled his proposal, Abbott released a statement condemning the Biden administration's unconscionable act of releasing COVID-positive illegals into his state, saying border security is strictly a federal responsibility. The federal government alone has the responsibility to test, screen, and quarantine illegal immigrants crossing our border who may have COVID. Instead of doing their job, the Biden administration suggested it did not have to re- it did not have the sufficient resources and remarkably asked Texas to assist them in aiding their illegal immigration program. Texas refused. We will not aid a program that makes our country a magnet for illegal immigration. Texas is not alone. Arizona and Montana have also filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration aimed at blocking regulations that limit ICE's ability to arrest illegal aliens unless they are a national security threat, cross the border after November 1st, or committed aggravated felonies. 
Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich, uh, Brnovich said in a statement, if asked about the poorest policy choice I've ever seen in government, this would be a strong contender. Blindly releasing thousands of people, including convicted criminals and those who may be spreading COVID-19 into our state, is both unconscionable and a violation of federal law. This must be stopped now to avoid a dangerous humanitarian crisis for the immigrants and the people of Arizona. Montana Attorney General Austin Knudsen agreed, saying meth trafficking into Montana by Mexican drug cartels has racked our state. The problem will only be made worse if the Biden administration continues to allow criminals to stay in the country. Enforcing our immigration laws and helping to keep Americans safe is one of the federal government's most important functions. The Biden administration's failing is failing its basic responsibility to Americans. Can these states succeed? In 2012, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled against key parts of an Arizona law that sought to deter illegal immigration. Justice Anthony Kennedy wrote in the majority opinion at the time, the national government has significant power to regulate immigration. Arizona may have understandable frustrations with the problems caused by illegal immigration while that process continues, but the state may not pursue policies that undermine federal law. None of these states are undermining federal law. Rather, it's the Biden administration itself that's conspicuously refusing to regulate federal federal immigration law to abet its contemptible open border amnesty agenda. That agenda also includes requesting and receiving the dismissal of three requests to hear cases with regard to the Trump administration's desire to withhold federal funds from sanctuary jurisdictions. That sanctuary jurisdictions epitomize the, def- the defiance of federal immigration laws? Again, Democrats and-, and Biden have long made it clear that selective law enforcement, the refusal to regulate, will remain the order of the day. Thus, Texas, Arizona, and Montana will likely inform the nation about whether the Biden administration's imposition to de facto anarchy via policies specifically designed to nullify federal enforcement of immigration laws, is legally tenable. Or whether the rule of law, border integrity, and the safety of the American public can be maintained on a state-by-state basis. The entire nation will be watching. Something you need to understand is that crying, but that's unconstitutional, makes no difference to these people. Declaring that that's against the law makes no difference to these people. They don't care. If anything interferes with what they want, if anything interferes with their desired goal, it doesn't matter. They ignore it. They just do what they want to do anyway. They push forward. They pass regulations which are unconstitutional, illegal, and dangerous to Americans because they know it will help them achieve their final goal. They don't care whether it's legal or not. They don't care whether it's constitutionally approved or not. What matters to them, and all that matters to them, is more power and more control. In all of these people they are letting flood across the, the border, we'll vote for them not for people who care about whether it's constitutional or not. It's all about 
more voters for Democrats. And that's all they care about. Here we go. Sliding into the final segment of this Friday edition of the Daily Perspective Podcast. He's talking about the border. And I mentioned Arizona, or that article, mentioned Arizona and Montana. And over at EpochTimes.com, there's an article about what Arizona and Montana are facing and what they're doing. Because the Biden administration is tying the hands of ICE. As sanctuary cities have been doing for some time now, unconstitutionally, illegally, preventing a law enforcement agency from doing its job. And now, the Biden administration has stepped into that role and is they're just doing that themselves. And over at Epic Times, here's what they have to say. Arizona and Montana are taking legal action to block the new, new Biden re- administration immigration regulations, saying that these would cause negative consequences for the states. The new rules would limit the capability of ICE to detain some illegal immigrants unless they pose a threat of, uh, to national security, entered through the border after November 1st, or committed aggra- aggravated felonies. The Biden administration says that the rules don't impair arresting or deporting people, but the officers in the field would need to request permission from their superiors to arrest people outside of the aforementioned cases. Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich said in a statement, if asked about the poorest policy choice I've seen in government, this would be a strong contender, as I mentioned earlier, blindly releasing thousands of people, including the convicted criminals and those who may be spreading COVID-19 into our state is both unconscionable and a violation of federal law. This must be stopped now to avoid a dangerous humanitarian crisis for the immigrants and the people of Arizona. Montana, um, let's see, I, I already covered all this stuff. The Last month, Chief Deputy Matthew Thomas told Town Hall that the crisis at the border had begun to re-emerge at around the end of 2020 because the human and drug trafficking cartels expected President Joe Biden to have a hands-off attitude with regard to border situation. Quote, when Trump took office, we saw that this area out here went completely dead. Nobody was moving. Nobody was smuggling. Because the cartels knew that Trump was going to put all hands on deck out down here and that they would be intercepted, so it came to a screeching halt. It was a very slow trickle to get back to some kind of normal, but it never got back to where it was. He says that since Biden has ordered uh, has ordered to halt the constru- uh, construction of the b- uh, border wall, it's created more trouble for Pinal County there, since it doesn't have physical barriers, promoting the criminals to funnel through, reaching the highway, and then transporting drugs or bodies throughout the country. He added that once people or drugs are smuggled in, they can go anywhere inside the United States, sometimes as far as Canada. He says, for us, effectively, I-8 becomes the new border. And even the cartels will tell you that that's their goal line because once they get there, they're shooting west or they're shooting east, and then they're on a main interstate right into downtown Phoenix. 
We become the kickoff point for that. These people and these drugs are not coming here to Pinal County to stay. This is a transport location. This is a spot they get through to get to their final destination. And they're being sent all over the country. And it's happening because the Biden administration telegraphed their intent to not continue protecting the American people at the border. The Biden administration let it be known. Everybody knew. Ah, we're going to get back to normal again and start making money again once they get rid of Trump. The Biden administration doesn't care about the safety and the protection of this country. And that's just part of the problem. Let's go over to, um, let's see, the stream. And uh, there's a story There's a story at the stream about uh, examples. There are 10 crazy examples of unrelated waste and partisan kickbacks in the new COVID bill. And we've been talking about the waste. We've been talking about the idiocy, the stupidity that's in this bill. Because they call it a COVID bill, but only 9% of it deals with COVID. What does the rest of it deal with? Well, that's what we're going to hit here. This is just 10. 10 of many problems. Number one, there's a billion dollars for racial justice for farmers. The $1.9 trillion coronavirus stimulus stimulus package being pushed by President Biden puts more than a billion bucks towards socially disadvantaged farmers and related groups, including an equity commission, agricultural training, and other assistance to advance racial justice in farming. Racial justice in... Please understand, as I've been telling you, when they talk about this, they frame it all in race because that becomes emotional rather than rational. And when you get emotional, you don't think, you just react and you say, do something about this. It is all about emotion. So racial justice is used, racism is used, white supremacy is used in order to elicit an emotional response rather than a reasoned response. Number two, $50 million for environmental justice grants. The legislation allocates $50 million bucks for environmental justice grants via the Environmental Protection Agency. The Republican Study Committee decried these grants as a thinly veiled kickback because much of this money will end up going to left-wing political groups. Number three, $112 million bucks for California Transit Project. In an expenditure with zero apparent connection to COVID-19, the new bill allocates $112 million for the Bay Area Rapid Transit expansion. Yep, BART's getting $112 million bucks. The money would go largely to a specific underground rail project in Silicon Valley, for which planning has been going on for several years but hasn't yet broken ground. Number four, $10 million for Native American language preservation. Slipped into the seemingly endless bill text is a $10 million appropriation to ensure the survival and continuing vitality of Native American languages during and after the public health emergency. You see how they tied it to COVID there. Mm-hmm. Number five, $200 million for museum and library services. Museums and libraries are, for the most part, closed across the country. Doesn't matter. Under this bill, the Institute of Museum and Library Services, did you even know that was a thing? That would be allocated $200 million in taxpayer money. Number six, one might expect the U.S. Congress's COVID-19 legislation to focus on, well, the United States, but 
The new legislation allocates a whopping $750 million for the Centers for Disease Control to spend on global health problems and vaccination efforts in other countries. Number seven, the bill also allocates another $750 million on top of existing and prior funding for housing assistance and supportive services programs for Native Americans. Number eight, House Democrats have long sought to expand Obamacare subsidies. You thought we were finally going to kill that beast, did you? Nope. It's been on life support, and now they're cranking it up. They want to eliminate caps that prohibit them from going to high-income individuals. Unable to find the votes to do so via the normal legislative process, they've simply slipped this partisan priority into their COVID relief legislation. Number nine, this behemoth legislation doles out $129 billion for K-12 through schools, ostensibly earmarked for helping them reopen, but it's actually just a handout for teachers' unions and public schools. They get the money regardless of whether they reopen or not. And much of it's allocated for spending in 2022 through 2028, long after the pandemic. And finally, number 10. There are too many in the bill to count, but one glaring example of the corruption and cronyism peppered throughout this bill comes courtesy of the $1.5 million the bill allocates to the Seaway International Bridge. The Seaway International Bridge connects New York to Canada and is a priority for New York Senator Chuck Schumer. Pet projects for powerful lawmakers. One would like to think that this bill and its untold billions in waste, corruption, and pork are an unusually egregious example of congressional dereliction. Unfortunately, This kind of dysfunction is par for the course. Corruption is a feature, not a bug, of big government spending programs. Why? Well, anytime you concentrate massive spending power in the hands of a relatively small number of people with little oversight from the public, corruption is almost certain to ensue. Austrian economist Ludwig von Mises once wrote, there is no such thing as just a as a just and fair method of exercising the tremendous power that interventionism puts into the hands of the legislature and the executive. In many fields of the administration of interventionist measures, favoritism simply cannot be avoided. Think about it like this. Is there any pol- politician in the world you would trust to dole out $1.9 trillion of your money honestly? As Mises argued, One check on this behavior is public scrutiny. He wrote, Corruption is an evil inherent in every government not controlled by a watchful public opinion. Mises was indeed right. That sunlight can often keep the worst abuses of the political class at bay, but in cases like this COVID-19 legislation, politicians are able to get away with it by burying the corruption, the corrupt spending. In a 600-page bill that very few beyond congressional aides and journalists will actually ever read. Keep that in mind, by the way, that these guys who stand in front of the news cameras and talk about their, their great works probably didn't read the bill. The average voter does not have time to read this legislation even if they had the inclination. 
If it took them one minute to read each page, that's 600 minutes or 10 hours of their time. They'd have to sacrifice that time to really give Congress's latest big spending legislation full scrutiny. And Congress passes bills this length or even longer all the time. So unfortunately, given the sheer volume of expenditure and legislation our massive federal government is engaged in, rigorous public oversight is all but impossible. And as long as politicians are left to dole out trillions behind closed doors, corruption will inevitably ensue. The only real solution to this corruption is to shrink the government itself and to leave fewer of our resources for unscrupulous politicians to squander. And that's the article from over at the stream. As I've said on other occasions, we as Americans tend to elect people to go represent our interests, our values, our positions on the federal level, the national level. They go there to be us, to stand in for us. We agree by voting on a person to represent our interests at the federal level. And then, after Election Day, and we see how it all turns out, we put our head back down and go to work, put our hand to the plow, so to speak, and tend to our lives. And then after a couple of years, we look up and say, what the? Because the mess is just getting worse. More of us have to keep our eye on these people. Or the problem just gets worse and worse and worse. But now it's the weekend. It's time to take a deep breath, shake it all off, live a normal life, but keep one eye on the crooks. That's always a good idea. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Take the next two days off, how's that?